Welcome back to another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined on the phone by Rob Casty. Rob, how's it going today? Uh, it's going. I'm alive and well, which is and on the podcast, which is more than we can say for our third co-host who is doing something else. Yeah, Nick Kruger, MIA, working on the uh, position ranking story, and I believe watching an episode of Hot Bench uh, based on his text messages. Well, let me ask you this about Hot Bench real quick, because I've never really understood. Is the premise, because it's kind of a tweener, right? Is the premise that these judges are like physically attractive, and that's where the word is hot bench? Because not no. all of them are. So why is it called? I, wouldn't it be funnier if it was like scantily clad men and women being judges, and then call it hot bench? What's the what's the kind of play on words for this TV show? I don't I don't know what that's from, but I think the slogan is like th- three judges, three opinions, one verdict, or something like that. I, I hear it all the time on the Tony Kornheiser. Podcast. He really likes the show. So yeah, him, my version, of, my version of Hot Bench is much more interesting. Well, anyway, we've got a lot of hot stories uh, on Rivals.com. We want to encourage you to check out um, all kinds of post signing day stuff. Really, a lot of introductory stuff for the class of uh, 2018 as well. As far as our podcast, you can send us an email, RivalsPodcast at Yahoo.com, and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can also subscribe there. We're available on several other services, including uh, Google Play, TuneIn. Uh, you name it, uh, we can you can find it. So, um, and I hope Nick uses a drop of the the, the you name it lady uh, in, <laughs> in that instance. Uh, let's jump right into it, Rob. Well, you know, guess what? Unfortunately for our friends at uh, Ole Miss, it has been a rough uh, couple of weeks here. The self-imposed uh, sanctions come down. They they end up. Uh, taking a bowl ban, a self-induced bowl ban, and then they lose some scholarships as well, which I believe was part of a, an earlier punishment. And we're not even sure it's over, which is the crazy part. What was your initial reaction? I know we're a little behind on reacting to this story, but you know we've had a little bit of time to think about it. You know, is, is, this, is this it for our boy Hugh Freeze? What do you think? My initial reaction was that video that they released looked like a in-flight safety video, the way that it was. I mean, it was so scripted. I, I, it was a weird way to, like, I guess, attack the situation. Like, you know, usually, normally you'd call a press conference this, this situation, but I guess Ole Miss didn't want anything to do with press, so uh, they released a very rehearsed, very polished video in which you can almost see the athletic director, Bjork, pausing. Uh, it's like, welcome, Old Miss fans. And friends, <laughs> this is us. Pause. The Old Miss family. Uh, I just, I don't know. It was very, very uncomfortable to watch, I think. Uh, I don't know if Hugh Freeze is done, the larger question. I mean, I, I think he can survive this. I think as things stand right now, he survives it. Now, if more things come out that we don't know about, uh, once you know they say they're going to share the full notice of accusations down the road, then you know we can reevaluate. But... Uh, you know, if they were going to can him over what's out in the media right now, I think they would have canned him or at least put him on administrative leave, right? Yeah, it's tough whenever you get the institutional control ban. I mean, you know, we, we've gone round and round on this topic before in terms of, you know, did anything they do, does that stuff happen at other schools? I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, course, probably, yeah. uh, you know, but it's all about, you know, who who gets caught or whatever, you know, if if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, I believe is an old uh, baseball saying, or you, you would know better than me on that one. But that, you know, it, it stinks for them, it, 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 especially if you're a player going into your senior year, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be no chance of postseason this year. Um, 
But in, you know, if that's all they get away with, say there's nothing, there's no other punishments, it's not going to have that big of an impact on recruiting. It had the recruiting impact this year. I mean, we saw they had to scramble. They had to add some guys late that, that maybe other programs had passed on, and they put together a pretty good makeshift class. The, the question I have, though, is if this lingers on, that that's what kills the recruiting is the uncertainty. We saw it with, with Miami. We saw it with USC, not knowing what's going to happen and not knowing how long the ban's going to be. And then, especially like like we said, if we get into the discussion of freeze and is he going to be fired? Could he be fired? It's all that all the unknown is what scares recruits away. I mean, it, nobody's going to say I'm not going to Ole Miss because they're not playing in a bowl this season. Who cares? You know, that never affected Ohio State. Uh, you know, when they when they had that year, so. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And we talk all the time on this about perception. They're perceived to be unstable. Uh, then it is unstable, and that's why recruits won't go there. But, you know, if there's – they almost need to have some closure to this to be able to recruit, I think. Because if there's any kind of indication that there's still another shoe looming ready to drop, right, that's when they start losing guys. Like last year, I still maintain that Cam Akers would have went to Ole Miss if all things were equal. Um, and you know, that can be said for a lot of other guys, I think too, that decided to not go there, but that's the one that really hurts. Uh, and you don't want that to happen again. You don't want another year of losing guys that should be considering you top tier guys, uh, that end up going to the Florida States of the world or, or anywhere else. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think that if they limit scholarships, that's fine. Even if they ban them from one more season of bowl participation, that's going to hurt, but it's not going to crush them. It's these long-term ramifications. If they take away two or three more years of that, then that's going to hurt their recruiting class. But because kids only care about number one, like me and you, man, I'm only looking out for myself. Um, I don't really care that the, the people above me at Ole Miss aren't going to get to play in a bowl game or the program's not going to have exposure. Just as long as when I get there, my freshman or sophomore year, everything's cool. I, I really don't care what's happened in the past. Yeah, you know, and I think we discussed this in the fall. They should have just taken the bowl ban this year, when when they when midway through the year, they should have been like, hey, you don't we're, think that's you don't think that's to... too transparent though. Like you, like everybody would have been like, it right, doesn't matter. Then you could still, see, yeah, it's transparent. But at least if that, you know, you beat you, you're three and three or whatever their record was, and you say, hey, we're we're not going to a bowl regardless. And then if you go five and seven, people say, oh, the team stopped playing because they knew they weren't going to a bowl or whatever. Um, I would have done it personally. I think I advocated for it at the time. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. I think that, you know, nothing else can happen from here. And, and, and the problem you have is it may be a situation where if freeze stays, the NCAA is harder on them and gives them another year because of that. I mean, I think we saw the NCAA take it light on Oregon when Chip Kelly left because he was gone. They gave him like a two year show cause or whatever, and just hit them with some, with some scholarship reductions when he was tied up in that Willie Lyles fiasco. And had he stayed, I think they might've gotten a bowl ban that year. So um, unfortunately our main source at the NCAA no longer works at the NCAA. So we can't really ask those kind of questions, huh? Uh, I've got another one, not as good of, of one, but yeah, our, our, it's really, you know, I, I do kind of miss him and, you know, without outing him and I don't want to out him. It's hilarious the role in which he's transitioned into after working there for so long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we, 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 you're right. We better not say anymore else. Uh, he does listen to the podcast uh, occasionally, so we better keep it, keep it kosher there. So Ole Miss, we'll be watching that situation. I think everybody will be, and uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Now, number two on the list this week, Kevin Beard, our old pal, or my old pal, I should say, because he was uh, – 
prominent member of the seven on seven community down in South Florida prior to your arrival on the scene. Uh, used to be a big help to me uh, in our old pal Keenan Codrington, who's now with Adidas. Uh, Kevin ended up going to Miami straight from uh, the seven on seven in his high school assistant coaching realm, was the Canes wide receiver coach for a couple of years, ended up uh, moving to an off-field position at Georgia uh, when Kirby Smart got the job, and uh, I actually saw Kevin at a satellite camp, and we were talking, and then you could tell he was afraid that uh, Kirby was going to get mad at him for talking to me, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. Uh, then he goes down to, to FI. was he at FIU? Well, I don't want to sidetrack this, but I do kind of want to sidetrack this because it's, it's a whole other topic. I get a text from a college assistant yesterday that I was talking with about another issue at a different school and a different conference that was like, hey, man, uh, would you mind that from now on when you text me, text this other number because the university can't see who I'm texting? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, geez, man, do you really think they're scrutinizing your phone that hard? Like, And why do they care? I, the whole thing. Everybody's got a burner well, phone to even use for reporters these days. Right. So, well, so anyway, so uh, – he ends up going back down to South Florida. I think he took a job at FIU or uh, at one of the one of the U's. Yeah, he um, was at he was at FIU. He wasn't at Florida Alpha University. He was at International. Um, <laughs> the Fighting so, Kiffins. <laughs> right. So so anyway, now he he reunites with Larry Scott, who he worked with at Miami. He's the, he's the offensive coordinator for Tennessee now. And all of a sudden, you know, when, when Zach Azani was fired, I saw all these tweets from people who know nothing about recruiting saying how great of a recruiter he was, which is a classic why you always lying, which yeah, we're not doing that well, segment it, this week. People, people, people that don't follow recruiting, I think sometimes relate. He's very active on Twitter to being a good recruiter, which are not the same thing at all. Uh, and, you know, oh. he's a fine recruiter or whatever, but there were dudes that did not like him. I mean, that's... Right. I mean, the, the, exactly. You know, no, no offense to, to Coach Azani, who I had a working relationship with. But, you know, in terms of if we're putting it in advanced statistics on, uh, you know, the old baseball, you know, his war is not exactly through the roof uh, compared to some other people on this. It's, it's, it's car in this, in this uh, situation, right? Commitments above replacement. <laughs> right. Exactly. So Kevin Beard brings now uh the the cool factor to the position i mean he's a young guy he connects well like i said he's been a high school assistant he's been a seven on seven coach he knows these kids he knows how to relate to them he knows how to get along with them uh on and off the field more importantly so uh, and from your perspective you know he's very tied in down there with everybody in south florida everybody knows him everybody loves him uh, so do you, you know, we saw the, we've seen since Larry Scott got the job, the Vols doing more recruiting in Florida. Do you think this only amplifies that with, with the 2018 class? Absolutely. And, you know, without getting too inside baseball here for people that Tennessee fans that don't understand kind of the landscape of Florida recruiting, you've got your seven on seven teams in Miami and there are a bunch of really good ones. South Florida Express is one of the best ones. And, you know, Kevin was so involved there and still has so when he, before he was a college coach, has so many relationships with not only the coaches of that team, but the players, the players on that team, uh, and I, I think that they, they will pay off. I think you'll see Tennessee getting some other guys that maybe they wouldn't have gotten before. But I want to talk maybe a little bit more big picture here. We see like Harbaugh and these guys getting you know blowback for for hiring high school coaches. Is there still too much of a stigma? Because I feel like if you're really going for recruiting effect, 
I know a number of seven on seven coaches that you could place on any staff in the country right now and would be able to get a haul. Do you think there's still too much of a stigma to hiring a seven on seven coach to be a, to, to a job to, to get kids? Is that still Yeah, like, I definitely. That's the move. No, I, I mean, if you want to actually, if your means to an end is winning recruiting battles and winning football games and you don't care about the fallout, that's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm going to hire like three prominent set and I know which ones I would hire and I put them on my staff and I would get a great recruiting class. Well, I would the, the not care what people have, like me and you said. Well, the problem you have a lot of times is the, you know, you, perception is one issue. Number one. Number two is the, the, the pay. <laughs> I wonder a lot of these jobs that these guys have been offered in the past because they have been offered are you know, not, not very lucrative positions. And a lot of times, you know, we get, we get, uh, you know, criticized by people. If you're so good, why aren't you working for a college staff? Well, it's like, you know, a lot of those jobs that, that they would hire somebody like me (laughs) to work for, unfortunately are, are, you know, lower level positions. And that's the problem with the seven on seven coaches. You can't, because there are only so many on field positions, you still need a guy who can coach. No, so. I'm not saying don't put them in the. I'm I'm sure. I mean, nobody's gonna. Okay, I'm sure some of these high school coaches that take jobs that that aren't on field positions, quality control or whatever. You could stick a seven on seven coach there, and you would get for whatever you're paying them. And I think you get more bang for your buck if you're willing to have these old dudes in the media that are so out of touch with what actually happens and what the people's jobs are complain about you a little bit on Twitter. If you're ready for that and you can take that, I think you can get. More bang for your buck hiring a seven on seven coach than actually, and and this isn't about Kevin Beard who was a high school coach and not you know purely seven on seven coach, but he does have a background in that. Um, I think that if you can take that criticism though, that might be the wave of the future. That's how you get players. Yeah, you know I totally agree with you on that, and it it's just that a lot of these coaches, a lot of these schools who have quality relationships with. Uh, say a source on a seven on seven team, he's more valuable to them in that role as a connection in the community. Because sometimes we see these guys get hired. I mean, you know, I think we know, like you said, we know guys who have been hired before, then they get to a school. And since they're not boots on the ground anymore, and they're not allowed to go to anything, they're not exactly finding the kids early in the process anymore. Well, that's why Um, they make FaceTime, right? Like you and I saw that in action a couple weekends ago (laughs) with one of these coaches uh, carrying around a phone with a college quality control coach on FaceTime to these kids on the sidelines of 7-on-7, which was really something to behold. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen prominent head coaches be on FaceTime too recently. That seems to be be a prime way for these kids to uh, to all communicate with uh, with the coaches. So anyway, we like the hire. Bottom line, we like to hire for Tennessee. Uh, they probably won't get to this portion of the podcast, and we'll we'll be ripping us uh, for, for this discussion anyway. But you know, guess what? Kudos to the Vols, and maybe we'll get our boy KB on the podcast. You know, Butch Jones, friend of the show, has appeared before, and uh, I'm sure he'd have no problem with uh, letting old Kev come on to talk to us, so maybe we'll try to line that up for the future. Um, Now, this is going back about a a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. uh, We saw this coach from Louisiana, you know, come out and say how he had banned Nick Saban from campus and this, that, and the third. Uh, in relation to the to a recruitment of his quarterback a few years ago, uh, Brandon Harris, who's who's no longer at LSU, and this was about a non-committable offer. He ends up, you know, making a public display about it, and then 
he ends up getting fired uh, because his athletic director, I believe maybe it was the principal, said, you know, this was never discussed with me about this ban. You're fired. Um, now, why this is interesting to recruiting fans is they have two top 100 kids on their team right now. Terrace Marshall, one of the nation's best wide receivers, and Justin Rogers, another high-level quarterback who has offers from pretty much everybody. Um and, and and we we sort of talked about this topic and we expanded it. We asked a lot of prominent high school coaches from around the country some things they would like to see. And kind of the the one thing we heard a lot of was these early offers. And that was the issue with Harris was, okay, he got an early offer from Alabama, but they wanted him to come in camp before they decided. And and Alabama's you know uh, the the king of the camp offer. They do not make any decisions. Uh, on taking commitments unless they see those kids uh, on camp at some point. And wouldn't you say that's pretty much the case? Yeah, which is amazing because of how often I get emails or tweets saying, you can't properly evaluate a kid in shorts and t-shirts. How would you know? And it's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Nick Saban does pretty all right with it. <laughs> right. That's every college in the country. Uh, every college in the country does it. I just had a kid send me a message that says, I've committed. And then <laughs> he didn't say, didn't say <laughs> what school. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's nice. Thank you for that. I guess I guess you'll know by the time this comes out uh, where he's committed. Yeah, I'm gonna guess uh, East Tennessee State or something. My guess would be Michigan. If oh, I so okay, you know who the kid is. It would be even funnier if it was just like a random number, which I've gotten before. It's like, hey, I've committed to Tulane. I'm like, who is this? Good for you. Yeah, well. You know, guess what? Unfortunately, I'm not stopping a podcast <laughs> to track down this. I'm going to see if I can't get a hold of old Coach Brown right now uh, while we're talking. But anyway, is there a way to uh, – how do you curb the early – There, to me, there's no solution because they, there's no accountability for the coaches because they can say, ah, oh, I can't talk about who we offered, right? I mean, and a lot of times we, we hear from these coaches, let him think he has an offer. How many times have you heard that one from college oh, coaches? Oh, God, yeah. Just in case they decide to actually offer him later. It's it's a, you know, that's a classic coach move. Oh, if he thinks that, well, that's not bad until he tries to commit. Right, but they're like, they're like, let him think that. We'll get him to campus. The only way you can curb this, and it would be, obviously, this is not practical. It is, would never work for a number of different logistical reasons, is to make every offer written like via email or something where the kid has a sheet of paper that's notarized or whatever has the seal of the school on it where that he can sign and fax back any time that's binding but like i said that can't work right now for the only way but right but then it binds the problem we have is then it's binding to the kid when the coach leaves you know it's there's got to be some sort of and that's why that's why i've never been a fan of this early signing period because it only benefits the coaches. A lot of say, oh, kids won't get dropped or whatever. Well, it's like, yeah, but then they have to go to a school they don't want to go to <laughs> because the guy lied to them about where he's going to be or whatever. I mean, how's that How's that better than potentially losing a spot, which happens to, what, a handful of kids a year? Yeah, but, I mean, they can put clauses in for that. I mean, I, I guess they could. I, they never will because, you know, that doesn't benefit the bottom line of NCAA, and that's a whole other different conversation <laughs> that we can have later. It doesn't benefit coaches, bottom line, who would never vote for that. Uh, I mean, I guess from, like, a purely – logistical standpoint they could curb this but there are so many reasons why it never will be curbed 
Um, yeah, so so but the bottom line is go read that coach survey. You know, uh, I've got to promote my story if nobody else will uh, that works here at Rivals. So, hey, I promoted uh, it. <laughs> um, oh, you're you know, talking about a, the guy with 100,000. You're talking about, oh, you're talking about the other guy. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Okay. We have a interesting, uh, this is a little inside baseball. We have an analytics uh, site that we use to uh, track our work and, and who's reading it. And the story said needs promote. It said needs promotion on the high school story. So this is the promotion we're giving it. And I think people will find it interesting if you're interested in uh, that early offer topic and some other topics. Now, but a lot of Miami talk per usual, especially with Krug City not on the line to talk Texas. The the Hurricanes got a quarterback, uh, Arthur Sitikowski, I believe is how you say his name. Yeah, talk, talk about a fir- I, I, IMG trans or IMG uh, transplant from the north, right? From the Friedman, the Friedman. Yeah, territory. boy, he was a Friedman special. This kid's got a. You want to talk about a death grip for a handshake? He almost broke my hand when I met him. Uh, <laughs> I forgot <about> back. <laughs> Back in the spring, uh, real nice kid um, from my dealings with him, and I think we all thought he was going to Florida for a while. Any? Did you get a read on what happened there? Did, did I had heard the Gators might have might have backed off not to not to make uh, Miami fans angry, but who knows? Maybe they backed off because they thought he was going to Miami. But you know, what do you think this means? Their class is really impressive right now. He's another really highly ranked guy. It's two things that kind of happened at the same time. I think. Uh, I don't know if Florida backed off, but I think Florida thinks they're going to get our boy Joe Milton, who is built like a, you know, like a the side of a mountain, <laughs> who has, you know, unlimited upside and they like him and that might be their target. Also, Miami, we talk about this constantly and how recruiting success tends to compound. And there's no better illustration of this in the world right now than what's happening in Coral Gables. Uh, they got Lingard. They got Cam Davis, everybody. Once some of these high-profile kids that other kids know about make it, air quotes, cool to go to a school, then everybody wants to go to that school, you know? The only way Miami can screw this up is if they go like six and six this year. Uh, This momentum is real, I think, and everybody's like, oh, Miami always starts hot. But it's different. They start hot because they get – like under Al Golden, they were getting a lot of people, but they were getting – and no disrespect to guys like Zach Moss who were committed there and ended up going to Utah, but they weren't getting these guys – uh, and even if they don't keep them, we said this when we talked about Kansas, not that the two programs are on the same level. If they don't keep all of them, that's fine too. The damage is already done. I mean, Miami already looks like a much more desirable locale uh, than it did six weeks ago. And I think that, that you're going to continue to see this compound and compound and compound until either A, it gets another jolt because Miami has a decent season this year and finds a quarterback and you know whatever happens, or B, it falls off a cliff because Miami falls off a cliff this season and goes, wins five or six games. I mean, this is going one way or the other. And they don't have to win 10 games to keep the momentum going. They just need to be respectable and make perception that this is a team with an upward trajectory. And if they can do that, then I boy, <laughs> who knows? They could end up toppling Florida State. It's going to be close, I think, if things don't go wrong. Uh, as far as who lands the state's top class. Yeah, I think, you know, we've seen Miami load up last year. I think at this time they loaded up on commits or maybe it was two years ago. Um, but those were a lot of times, times where it was kind of, uh, it was kind of smoke and mirrors. There was a lot of high three stars and stuff like this. This year it's elite players. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see where some of these guys shake out, especially, you know, Sidikowski. He dropped in the rankings after his junior year. Now he's going to IMG. So he's got a real chance to, to either vault himself up and kind of show, you know, you know, he's going to be playing on the national stage every week against elite competition. So that's one we're really going to watch for sure. 
Kruger's um, really going to have to edit some of this stuff out. I just had a disaster happen here where my microphone fell over and hit the ground. Yeah, we, <laughs> yes. I heard it. Uh, man, believe me, I heard it. Uh, hopefully, uh, people will be none the wiser. Uh, looks like our, looks like this kid is uh, committed to Michigan State, so uh, not Michigan as we thought. So I was close. Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll get on that when we get off the old podcast line. But speaking of Michigan, Michael Johnson, we heard a lot of talk about this. Uh, you know, the whole uh, Jim Harbaugh, Paul Feinbaum uh, beef started uh, because of it. Johnson, who uh, was a high school coach, his son is a, is a really good 2019 quarterback. He got a job at Michigan and everyone was accusing uh, them of foul play. And then he never even takes the job at Michigan, ends up getting a job at Oregon, uh, an on-field position. And everyone just stopped talking about it. <laughs> was that weird? or? <laughs> I mean, you know what happened as well as I do, right? Like, I'm, everybody wants to talk about Jim Harbaugh uh, when it comes to these kind of things. Nobody wants to have that conversation about Willie Taggart, A, because they're having too many other conversations about Willie Taggart right now, and B, because it doesn't kind of fit uh, the sensational narrative, right? Like, if you have two stories next to each other and you run them both on the website at the same time, and one says, Willie Taggart hires high school coach, father of prospect. Uh, and you run the same headline with Jim Harbaugh's name, what's going to get read more and how close do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I know. I totally agree. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it was definitely a chart beat situation. Um, speaking of our analytics tool, people people know Harbaugh moves the needle regardless. Now, this case was weird because it was talked about on outside the lines. It was talked, I mean, it was really everywhere. It wasn't just, this wasn't just an internet uh, headline thing. The, the thing that got lost in the shuffle uh, by a lot of people, including another podcast I listened to, uh, was that was the the lack of kind of talking about the guy's credentials. And I don't think a lot of people knew what they were. You know, he had, he had coached at UCLA. He'd coached in the NFL. More importantly, he'd coached at the Rivals Camp Series for the past four years. So, uh, which which by the way, how about that? You yeah. Know, why wasn't the headline who, Michigan or Oregon hires Rivals Camp Series coach? <laughs> you think you Where think that, that would have been put it put in the mix there somewhere? Yeah, right. Um, but but anyway, it was it was definitely it was definitely exciting uh, for for that aspect. Uh, you know, Michael's a guy that I get along with really well, and uh, and he's like I said, we've noticed his son's been coming to the camp since he was in middle school, pretty much. So it's it, that that time was interesting. I think it's a great hire for Oregon. More importantly, when they were recruiting at their best. At Northern California, you know, the Bay Area was a prime stop for them. Now they have a guy who's very well connected there. Forget his son. Uh, like I said, he's a he's a real outgoing guy, a guy a lot of people like, and he knows a ton of people uh, all over the state of California from from his time as UCLA as, as well. So, like you said, I think Oregon needed some some good pub. Unfortunately, they didn't get any <laughs> from this hire, but I think this is one that's going to help them on the recruiting trail. Yeah, it definitely should. You and I have talked on this podcast about how they need to make their hay in California. And it looked for a little bit like they were going to try to make their living in Florida, which will never work. I don't care if you hire Bear Bryant to be the coach there and you give him an arsenal of $100 bills. It's just hard to get kids to go that distance, especially the top kids out of Florida. So if you're going to do it, you have to have a couple guns in California, I think. I don't think there's any other way to win at Oregon. 
Yeah, so so we're giving that a thumbs up, but the whole the whole thing was overblown, and it's a, unfortunately it's a it's a news cycle situation that popped up at the perfect time where we had nothing to talk about, and uh, a lot of people were on it. So you know, I think there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in recruiting right now, though. So uh, well, anything with Harbaugh that was going to move the needle. I mean, he was tweeting tweeting at the president, I believe, or about the president recently. So, well, uh, like, imagine Trump, combining. Harbaugh. Yeah, I was going to say, imagine combining those two into something. Boy, you really want to talk about. Getting your clicks up. That's you want to talk chart beat, <laughs> boy. Putting those two in a headline, you could put Jim yeah. Harbaugh, Donald Trump, share Snickers bar in a headline, and that thing's gonna outperform anything I've written in the last year. Yeah, so so that's a good one. So um, that wraps up the top five this week. Now we don't have a we don't have an interview this week uh, after the swag the swag master was on a couple weeks ago. <laughs> swag uh, daddy, swag master general. Which we guess what that that episode got very good uh, very good ratings. So. Uh, so that was a big one. Now, the, the next the next question I have, we don't have a tweet of the week either. Uh, there was one we wanted to use, but you said no because uh, you don't want to get in trouble at work. Um, I know. God, so, you know, I'm such a, such a pansy. All right. So we're going to jump. We're going to jump way ahead to rants and recommendations. Uh, this week, I, I'm... I'm gonna. Boy, it's really windy outside here. It just spooked me. Uh, <laughs> wait, you, oh, wait a minute. You're gonna, recording this outside? No, no, I'm looking out the window and like something, I don't know, a branch or something hit the house or something like yeah, it that. It must be nice not having um, to sit in a closet with no windows and record a podcast. It must be, enjoy your free hot dog in your, uh, in your sound studio. Well, I moved into another room uh, because of the sound issues we had been having from the closet. So uh, this room is carpeted and it seems to be uh, pretty well. Meanwhile, my, my uh, head is pushed up against a John, between a John Starks jersey and some like, rainbow colored polo that i haven't won it worn in five years you know it's a real sad situation over here well you know podca- a podcast studio is potentially in the mix for the uh, home renovations over here so <laughs> we're working hard on that to see if we can make that happen sometime in the near future depending on uh, a variety of family factors uh, which are definitely in flux now <laughs> So anyway, rants and recommendations time. I'm going to do this on behalf of myself and Nick, this week's recommendation. And I'm sure a lot of people have already seen it. Is it, it Hot Bench? Movie. It's Hot yeah. Bench. Oh. No, it's not Hot Bench. Uh, the movie Get Out, boy, did we enjoy it. And I would tell let me tell you something. It's hard to see movies here in the Atlanta area uh, for a variety of factors I won't get into. But if you're going to see one movie in the city of Atlanta – I would recommend this is it because I mean it was almost like a it was almost like going to a play in terms of the live reactions we got from the crowd cheering laughing uh, hilarious comments I mean it was all there every step of the way Nick said he actually had a similar experience in uh, Austin with a lively audience there as well so Rob I, you, you got to go see it I mean this is a movie uh written and directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame I guess it's uh billed as a thriller there's some comedy aspects into it a lot of uh a lot of racial issues addressed in the movie which uh you know I, I found very interesting especially considering the world we live in uh and work in uh for us so political it's got it all it's got everything you're looking for uh you know does it have it. does it have Jim Harbaugh it doesn't have Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> it does have it does have a guy saying that he would have a white guy saying he would have voted for, telling a black guy he would have voted for Obama for a third term if he could. <laughs> so that was so it does it, so really, it, it's like it does have woke it has woke bays though. 
which is good. Oh, it's really good. I'm telling you, you'll love it. I mean, you'll love it. Everyone will love it. Nick and I, I texted Nick to tell Nick to go see it. He said, I just saw it. I loved it. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I would highly recommend it. A little bit scary at times for somebody like me who has PTSD, uh, but for the most part, you know, nothing, no, no evil spirits or monsters or anything like that. I don't think I have anything. You know, I, I, I don't know if I would re- – the, the latest thing I've watched was The People vs. O.J. Simpson and I realize I'm very, very far behind on that. Uh, so that's not really a recommendation. Um, yeah, we've I, all seen that. I, to- I told you to watch that a while ago. Yeah, I got nothing then, man. It's uh, It's been a relatively okay. quiet week for me, I guess. Well, you can chime in on my rant because guess what? You and I do a lot of traveling. Uh, we stay at a lot of hotels. And what is one common theme – that we always see when we check in at hotels. You get there and there's somebody there who made a booking on a third-party website that doesn't have the room that they were supposed to get. There's not the right beds. It's not the How many times has that happened to you? Have you seen people suffering sitting in a hotel lobby arguing with the front desk person? It has to be a lot, right? Yeah, I've seen it before, but usually I'm in the platinum check-in line, so I just spit champagne in their face and throw $100 bills at them (laughs) as I check in. Well, here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Well, I agree with you on that that one as I'm a Diamond member uh, at Hilton. But got people, you're not saving any money. Go book directly on the website. All the prices are the same now. It's not 2006. If you're staying at a Hilton, go to the Hilton website, join this, join the the club, and book directly, and you're going to get the best rate that's available. It's the same price instead of booking blindly on a third party website. I just don't get, and maybe it's just uh, it's it's something that people are slow to catch up on. You know, I learned my lesson the hard way when I booked a. I think I booked a ticket on a a plane ticket on a website like that and then the flight got changed and then they didn't tell me because it was up to the said third party website to tell me and I end up sitting at the I end up getting to the airport an hour early which we all know I don't do anymore and then and then missing the flight I was there when the flight left so but it, I didn't at know at the risk of looking like an ageist person uh, which I am because I hate old people I can't be gone soon enough the demographics of these people that are always having trouble at the desk because they booked through a third-party website skew to my father's age, right? Like, have you ever seen anybody under fifty having these problems? I, I have not. Well, families. I've seen a lot of families having having problems, and I've seen. Unfortunately, it often happens in cities where there's a lot of tourists coming. I've seen. I see it in New Orleans. I mean, I tried to videotape this one in New Orleans last time, where where it was really a. a I can't even describe it. It was it was a near fisticuff situation, and I was like, of course, you know, I found it hysterical because I'm a lunatic myself. So uh, the whole problem stemmed from the, there was there was the, the hotel had a main tower, and then it had a second area, like you know where it's got the big tower, and then it's got a second building that's yeah, only yeah, like yeah, four yeah, yeah. floors. So the people thought they were in the main tower, and they were because they booked on whatever third party website were in the were in the the four floor thing, and they were like, "That's not what I booked. That's not you know," and so on and so forth. Well, there goes, our, of ex- there goes our there goes our sponsorship. Okay, see, I didn't mention any sites though. That's the thing you just mentioned it. I didn't say specifically any sites, but you did say all of them suck. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Unless it's an aggregating site that takes you directly to to buy direct, like maybe I don't you know, I don't want to name a site there either. But there are aggregating sites 
that essentially bring it, it you know it's like like our partners uh SeatGeek who work fondly with Yahoo you're not buying from SeatGeek it's connecting you to the third party it's connecting you directly to the party selling the tickets now, SeatGeek so is amazing case, man now that's an aggregating site you want to talk about a you want to talk about a great idea no, I I totally agree. We you know the 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 people from SeatGeek have uh, given us several tickets to events, which we've enjoyed uh, tremendously. Um, and we we famously watched the NBA Finals with them a couple of years ago. As they were big uh, Golden State Warriors fans. So, but but my point is, just book direct, man. It's worth it, even if it is ten dollars more a night. It's worth it to know that when you get there, you're going to have the room. You're not going to have any problems. So that's a rant and a recommendation. All in one. I had a rant. To, to, I was going in on you on the phone a couple of days ago about something, and I can't recall what it was. I'm you sure, tweeted sure it was about somebody, it. I'm you sure were, it was somebody calling somebody a stud or something. Who knows? No, you were complaining about something. I bet I could find it on Twitter if I. You know what's really been bothering got, me? We should really in, introduce a like a, a segment called "Washed Meme of the Day." If I see, you know, when Darren Roval starts making Warriors blew a three-one lead joke, it's over. Like that meme is over. <laughs> As soon well, as he touches it, it's dead, and that has been dead. And today it was pronounced dead again. I uh, I unfollowed uh, our boy Darren a while ago. Unfortunately, uh, I forget what did it to me, but you know, I don't know. You must have deleted what you were you were you were ranting about because I know you tweeted about it, <laughs> and then I can't remember what it was. And now it's gone. I can't remember either. It was something you were really, you were really angry about something. Yeah, um, I'm sure it had to do with a stud or an alpha dog or something. No, it wasn't recruiting related. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but anyway, that wraps it up for us this week. Hopefully, Nick will be back next week. Nick and I are actually making some unofficial visits next week to a couple of colleges uh, to meet with some assistant coaches, some head coaches at some prominent schools, or at least. Uh, one prominent school and a couple of uh, non-Power 5 programs as well. So we're making the most of our, our time on the road. Uh, Rob, you're doing what? Going to a camp this weekend in Miami? Yeah, there's actually the the uh, there's a camp that takes place across the street from my house in walking distance that I will be attending. Uh, so that'll be good. You know, it's like Bolivar Preparatory so you, Academy. So you'll be, Miami. You know, Rob will be being a, a real-life mule. You can follow him on Twitter at Cassie Rob. He's going to have a ton of recruiting updates. Uh, from that, I'm sure I know I'm pumping out all kinds of recruiting updates uh, this week as well, including guess what? I'll be breaking a commitment later today. Unfortunately, you won't be hearing this till tomorrow. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, should I call? Well, I guess I can't call my shot because we don't have a timestamp here. But anyway, uh, and find us on iTunes once again. Leave us a review. And our boy M Deuce, big shout, uh, continues to do his thing on the music scene. Uh, I guess what I keep getting beats sent to me by other producers who want to be on the show. So uh, watch your back end. Uh, you see, uh, yeah, we already have a we already have a house. We already have a house DJ. <laughs> we don't need any. We don't need any of these come latelys, buddy. Send your stuff to Hot. Yeah, M-, M Deuce is the roots of uh, of this show. So big shout to him. You can find him on SoundCloud uh, M Deuce, and uh, he will uh, play us out here uh, with some excellent music. 